results are just starting to come back from a major lake study across the Northwoods. Every five years, the EPA collects samples from more than 900 lakes in the U.S. That comes out to about 30 lakes each between Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Michigan. Trent Wickman says it's a good baseline, but he wanted more from the region that contains half the natural lakes in the U.S. He's the U.S. Forest Service Air Resource Specialist for those three states. Yeah, I mean, the survey designed by EPA is a really, really useful one, you know, where they randomly pick lakes and then based on um, that approach, the results are applicable across the whole area because it's done randomly. And so, um, but, you know, how small of an area you can represent depends on how many samples you take. So it costs money and so you're limited. And the way the national survey works is that, you know, basically the, uh, areas that they define, which are based on ecology, um, were not ideal for what, what I was interested in. You know, I work in the North Woods, um, and I'm interested in just that area and the, um, the region that they had defined. And our area actually reached down beyond the North Woods into the agricultural areas. So even though we could get information for that area, it wasn't that useful because it included all these areas that were really not typical of the North Woods. So that's what got the idea started, and that's where I approached the state contacts that I knew in the three states and said, hey, do you think this would be a cool idea if we just focus just on the Northwoods? And and they did, and we pitched the idea to EPA, and they thought it was great too and funded it, and off we went. The Northwoods, by Wickman's definition and for that of the study, is the northern regions of Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Between those three states, 250 lakes were tested for this study. So we started out by, uh, you know, uh, using some um, ecology and some work that mapping products that people have done that define the Northwoods um, and that boundary. And then within the Northwoods, we were able to split it up um, even into smaller sections based on differences within the region. Um, you know, for example, there's sort of like what they call the Northern Highlands, kind of north central Wisconsin. And then, you know, there's places in northern Minnesota that are a little different than that, and the eastern UP is different with the sandy area. So we were able to split um, even within the Northwoods, and so we gave those boundaries to EPA, and then they basically have a database of all the lakes in the entire United States, and they basically throw them in their computer hat and pull out random lakes um, enough within each of those areas so that at the end of the day we can you know, make statements that we're statistically confident about, uh, about the different parameters that we're measuring. And so they gave us this list of lakes and um, we had to go after them and, and go out and evaluate them and see if they're, uh, if we could get access and if they met all the qualifications of a lake and then try to find somebody to sample them. Wickman says the study wouldn't have been possible without all the different people, organizations and agencies from each state cooperating. Everyone from private landowners to tribal governments got involved. Katie Hine is the lake monitoring lead from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. She headed up the DNR's role in getting samples from the state for the study. One thing that's really neat about this study is that it's a probabilistic survey design. So it's like a random survey. And that way we can scale up to understanding the whole population of lakes. And there's another really important aspect of that. That is that typically in our management at DNR, we focus more on public access lakes and we tend to, you know, we don't necessarily sample some of these really small lakes that are only a couple acres in the area. And so we get a perspective on what's going on in our public access larger lakes, but we have 
thousands of lakes that are small and provide really good habitat for wildlife and, you know, amazing water quality and just this really diverse type of lakes in northern Wisconsin. So um, this study is really good at capturing that. And it's something that we don't really do in any other way. Researchers were sampling for water chemistry that gives insight to both water quality and air quality. They were also taking notes on the landscape. How many homes are on the lakes? Was there agriculture nearby? And what kind of activities were going on? We don't know what we have unless we measure it, right? So being able to just monitor it and and tell tell the world what we this, these amazing resources that we have and, and be able to say something about them. I think that's a big importance. Another thing that we're focusing on at the Department of Natural Resources more in recent years is on our high quality waters, we're calling it. But just, you know, these lakes that are still in really good condition and just realizing that we have that asset in Wisconsin and, and Minnesota and Michigan do too, just putting more renewed emphasis and actual some concerted effort on recognizing that so that we can put efforts for protection and trying to keep them there. And then also, you know, whatever kind of restoration we might need to do. The biggest, one of the biggest stressors on a lot of these lakes is just the shoreline development that can occur, you know, right up, you know, it's great having um, your home up along the lake, but then trying to keep those, keep the natural shorelines and keep the habitat intact. Um, in, in Wisconsin, we tend to focus a lot on our, you know, waters that have nutrient pollution or other problems. And we're, you know, we should, we're working hard on restoring those. But I think that's a, another strength of this study is giving us a perspective on what we should cherish and protect. That encapsulates the overarching goal Wickman had when he first started thinking through this study. Really, I think this is what brought the partners in um, when we worked with the partners and we came out and started talking to them about it. I was really trying to sell them on the idea of, you know, if we do this project, what we're going to have is we're going to have a database to refer to so that for any individual lake that somebody's interested in, we can put it into context with all the lakes around it that are similar. So whatever part of the Northwoods that a certain lake is in, we can um, look at that and compare it to not only the ones around in, in its immediate vicinity, immediate similar ecological vicinity, but we can compare it to the rest of the Northwoods. And even within the context of this national survey, we can compare it to all the, all the uh, lakes in the United States. So it really helps you understand um, some of the processes within a lake and how it compares to others. If you were kind of just, you know, thinking of the average person, I guess, you know, why is this work so important? Why should people care that this is being done? Well, again, you know, I think so many people in this part of the country have connections to lakes. They either, you know, have a cabin on a lake or they have a friend with a cabin or they have a campground or, you know, they, it seems like everybody can identify with a lake somewhere or maybe multiple lakes. And so, um, you know, I think everybody's concerned uh, just about their health and how they're doing. And I think there's uh, concerns from people with relation to climate change and how that may be affecting our lakes or other stressors that they see. Like I said, we've been getting reports in the Forest Service about um, algal blooms and greening of lakes in our wilderness areas, um, which you know don't have any obvious sources of pollution. So, you know, I think people would have those kind of concerns, and so I think this is going to help maybe answer some of those questions or help to give an idea of what's going on. Um, I mean, this obviously also sounds like a very comprehensive um, work that's being done. To your knowledge, has anything been done in the Northwoods to this scale before? 
Yeah, no, I was going to say that before. No, I'd, I'm on. I've done a pretty good look at historical water quality surveys, and there's been nothing to this scale in this part of the country before. There was something done in the mid '80s um, by EPA that is somewhat similar, but um, this is still more extensive than that survey even. So um, now it's pretty exciting. Um, like I've told a lot of people, I really see it as kind of like a once in a career project um, to work on. And I think it's going to be something that people will be using for decades to come, the data. The data is just starting to come back from the labs. Researchers will begin pouring over it and organizing it in various databases. While both Wickman and Hine are excited to see what the information reveals, both of their biggest takeaways from this project were the levels of cooperation and commitment from all the different people and agencies involved. The partnerships that we built as part of the study and actually getting the boots on the ground work done was really incredible. It, it, it impressed me, you know, just with uh, universities, tribes, the state agencies, counties, like different, just a lot of different professional groups that volunteered some of their time because we didn't have grant money to pay for all the staff time to get to all these places. But what we could offer in Wisconsin is to get the lab work done, you know, so we we could pay for that, but we couldn't pay to get everybody out there. And so it was really neat to just see everybody shipping in and helping get to all these different leagues. I think it was all because just everybody bought into the idea and saw the value in it. So it was, it was great. And um, I think a lot of the collaborations we developed during that process are going to continue forward as we get the data and talk about it. For WXPR's The Stream, I'm Katie Thorson.